This morning, um, in our prayer time at uh, 10.15ish or so, um, someone was praying about how in the world do I reach this crazy world? And they, and, and they made the statement, I can't wrap my head around where they're coming from. And I told them afterward, I said, good. You're not supposed to wrap your head around this evil world. They're not, if they make sense to you, then you need to kind of work at it yourself. You need to understand, we live in a world today. It used to be back in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. And yes, kids, there, that was after dinosaurs, but it was right back near there. Um, people that you would touch with the gospel, with, with the, the Bible, with God, they, they, um, they at least knew some good things that grandma told them about the church or, you know, most people back then, if there was, they knew nothing else. They, they knew John three sixteen. you know, for God to love the world that he gave his only God said, Oh, I know that one today. All they know is thou shalt not judge. In other words, I can be whatever I want. You have no right to judge me. Cute verse. But I feel like God is really pressing in on me that we at Riverview have reached a plateau and we need to go make disciples. I'll say it again because you missed it. We need to go make disciples. Okay? Disciples of what? Of John Letterman? Heavens no. We need to make disciples of Jesus Christ. Because the thing you have to understand is you and everyone in your family and everyone around you were created in the image of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And Jesus Christ came to show us what that looked like. Okay? And it's very, very important. You go all the way back to Genesis when it, when it says in Genesis 1, 26, it says, let us make man in our own image, in the image of the, uh, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, two verses later, it says something very important. And that is, you that are in God's image, you need to be fruitful and multiply. Fruitful and multiply. I didn't say fruity and multiply. I said fruitful and multiply. This summer when I had the kids camp and, and, and they, we were talking about, I brought in apples and, and they were loving it because they were eating their apples during uh, uh, the uh, outside of snack time and, and they were all eating and everything. And, and I said, what's so wonderful about these things, you know? And they're like, oh, these are so good. They were tasty. And, and, and I loved it because some of them, you know, especially the little boys had the juice running down their face and everything, you know? We little boys, we're a little out there, you know what I'm saying? And they were like, this is 
is, this is so fun. This is so wonderful. And they were, it was so tasty and, and so refreshing because it was a hot day. Pretty much every day the summer was a hot day. But, but it, was, it was so good. And, and we were just having a great time. And, and they were just enjoying themselves. Christians, that's what the world needs to see. Not so much the juice running down your face, but they need to see refreshing. They need to see joy. You know, especially those that got two. You know? And, and they need to see that you're enjoying what you're eating and they need to see you're enjoying what you're doing. And, you know, when people come into church, honestly, if I come into a church and I see this, I'm out of there, even though I'm not out of there. Because that's not church, that's just boring, you know? And there are just some, that's their personality, you know? But, but that's what the world needs to see. Then we kept eating. And they got, you know, some of them, they just ate that sucker down to what? The core. And I said, guys, Look at what's in that core. And what are in, what's in that core? Seeds. And guys, adults, you that are like to be a kid and have fun, which is okay, we need to learn to eat apples. We need to learn to enjoy God. We need to learn to enjoy each other. We need to learn to enjoy people we don't even agree with. Let me ask you something. How are you going to connect with somebody? How are you one day going to offer the gospel to somebody and you're just sitting there going? No, seriously. People got this look, and, and they might be, but they got this look like, you're an idiot. Don't, don't, don't look at me funny. We all do it. It is our responsibility. We who were created in the image of God and then in salvation recreated in the image of God to be fruitful and multiply. I'll say it again, because the church around the world is missing this. Amen. Let me parenthetically say, the only places I know that aren't missing this in the church are places like China and in the heart of the Muslim nations. Because there, when you give your life to Jesus, you give your life to Jesus. You understand what I'm saying? Over in China, man, they find out you're a Christian, they will kill you. But that's where Christianity is most effective. We in the United States, the church has become so soft and unfocused, we forgot we're supposed to be fruitful and multiply. We'd rather sit around and talk about how we ought to do something or how, oh, it's so hard to live today. 
get over yourself, put on your big boy and big girl pants in Christ and allow God to do something extraordinary in you and through you. Amen? Amen? So very, very important. I love that part. I love the part in Isaiah 42 where, where Isaiah points out one of these days, and he's talking about the Christ and after Christ, where you're going to bring sight to the blind. This is Isaiah 42. We're, we're, we're going to turn today to Matthew chapter 4, verse 19. But back in Isaiah 42, listen to this. Isn't this wonderful? Think about this. We're going to help open blinded eyes and lead people out of the dark dungeons of sin and destruction. Amen. Okay, let me say it again. We're going to help open blinded eyes and lead this crazy hurting world out of this dungeon of darkness and destruction. Amen. Thank you. That's what we're doing. That's what we should be doing. That's what we're about. We're not about coming together and eating donuts. Although I like donuts. And that's not good for a diabetic. But you know what? That's really sometimes what the church has become. This cute little fellowship that talks about that big, bad, dark world out there. And we don't realize it is our responsibility to go transform that big, dark, ugly world. You see, when he called Abraham, Abram at, at first, he called him in Genesis 12. Why did he call him? He said, I'm gonna bless you and I'm gonna make you a blessing because you are going to lead this sinful world back to me. Church. I hear, oh, how, you know, if only President Biden or President Trump would get saved. Forget President Trump and President Biden. What about us? What are we doing to lead this world back to the love and grace of Jesus Christ? What are we doing? Very, very important. We've been kind of studying some of the basics of, of, of disciples and discipleship and what happened at first. And the first thing we studied a few weeks ago, it was in Matthew 1, where Jesus said, I have come to save my people from their sin. I've come to save my people from their destruction. I've come to save my people from this negativity. I've come to save my people so that one day they can live with me for eternity and not live in hell. If Jesus did that, guess what we're supposed to be about? Well, I go to church. Big, hairy deal. Big, hairy deal. We need to come to this place and be so transformed by God that we leave this place and go out into our homes and in our workplaces and wherever we are and everyone God brings into our lives and everybody we touch and we need to say, God, use me to help them to overcome this sin and destruction and heartache and pain and negativity and doubt and hopelessness. Amen? Amen. 
Every one of us, that's what we're supposed to be about. But in the American church, we've dumbed it down and we made it so soft. Well, I go to church and, and I don't say too many bad things about the preacher, so I'm good. That's nothing. That has nothing to do with what we're supposed to be about. Let me ask you, when you wake up and go into a lost world, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? He's an idiot. She's an idiot. No. God how can I take your love that you've poured into me and pour it into them? But they're idiots. Why do you think they're idiots? They don't know Jesus. They don't know his love. They're not saved. They've never been transformed. They've never experienced the healing glory of God. So why do you think they're angry? Why do you think they're hurting? You see the verse today comes after what we talked about last week or a couple weeks ago, three weeks ago. Repent for the kingdom of God is here. And the next thing Jesus says to his disciples is, I will make you fishers of men. Why do you think he was talking about fishing? Anybody? Huh? They were fishermen. <laughs> Here's the cool part about this, all right? Brian builds ponds, okay? Now, well, I'm not sure what kind of ponds, but it's ponds, all right? He can take, if he was talking to Brian, he would somehow say to Brian, as a pond maker, I will take who you are, where you are, and I will help you. I will make you into a person that will take my love and my grace and my power and my word so that you can invest that into them. What I'm trying to say is, it's not just about fishing. It's not just about fishermen or women. It's about the fact that he wants every one of us to wake up in the morning and before our feet hit the ground. We need to be people who say, God, I don't know how. I don't know when. I don't know who. But God, use me to take your love and your salvation and pour it into somebody's life. One of the things we have to understand is a lot of people today, they estimate, and it might be even higher, there's about 20 million people in the United States that love Jesus and Jesus loves them and Jesus is operating in them, but they don't want anything to do with the church. And honestly, you, I hope this doesn't hurt anybody's feelings, but I understand that. I do. The garbage that goes on in churches 
shouldn't go on. I'm sorry. It shouldn't go on. The negativity, the gossip should not go on. It absolutely must not go on. You know, my job here, and people get mad at me, and I'm good with that, is you ever seen those whack-a-mo things? Somebody raises their ugly head, starts getting negative, starts fussing with everybody. I'll whack them suckers. You say, well, pastor, you're just mean. No. When somebody walks in that door, out behind Stanley, yeah, I'm pointing at you, or right there, they should feel and know one thing. And that's the love and grace of Jesus Christ. You think people don't know? It's kind of like your children. You and your husband might think, or you and your wife might think, oh, our kids don't know we're fighting. Yeah, sure. And I'm running for Pope next year. Ain't happening. You understand what I'm saying? And see, a lot of people, I mean, you know, a lot of the church is against this person, that person, this, 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 that. I want you to understand something. It doesn't matter what you're against. It's what you're about and what you're for and what you're communicating. You know, we are called to be fishers of men. You know, we're not here to entertain. We're not here to make everybody feel good about themselves. Only Jesus can do that. We are here to love people in the love of Jesus Christ. I'm going to make a statement, and I want you to hear me. Everyone is welcome at Riverview. Does everybody understand my definition of everyone? Everyone. Well, you know, once they change their lifestyle, no. Everyone. Well, once they, no. No. Everyone is welcome at Riverview. Everyone will be loved at Riverview. Are we perfect about it? No, I'm here. But I'm just feeling a real burden that there's a transformation in our church. In all churches, but I can't, I can't do anything about them. Folks, every person in our world needs Jesus they don't need your judgment I hear people oh you know once they change their lifestyle no let me help you with something does anybody here have every piece and act a part of their life perfect well then why are you on anybody else you understand what I'm saying well, you know those people, 
No, I know you, though. And the bottom line is, none of us have every error of our lives exactly what Jesus would have it to be. So you know what? We all come together needing, needy, and needing a Savior in various aspects of our lives. So that's what we're all about here. Amen? Amen. I, the church has really done great damage to God. I hear about church fusses, church fighting. You know, well, this faction and that faction. If you know me, I'll throw all their butts out. I don't have any time for that garbage. Oh, well, pastor, what if everybody leaves? Well, they did once here, pretty much. (laughs) And the bottom line is, it was a great thing. Because you know what? Everybody needs Jesus. Jesus said, I will make you fishers of men. Some people are like, well, you know, pastor, I don't know how to do it. Let me help you with that. Neither do I. Because I ain't supposed to. He knows. I was with a bunch of preachers a few weeks ago, and I was talking about this. And one of the guys said, well, so what, do you want to have a class? No, the dumb classes. I went to all those dumb classes. None of them worked. Let me tell you the class I want to go to. I want to be on my knees in the word of God. Praying for my family and friends. Are you with me? And I want to be asking Jesus, how can I connect you and this person? The problem is, there is no methodology that's perfect for everybody. You know, anybody remember the four spiritual laws? How that was hot for a while. Then there was the Kennedy plan. Then there was the Roman road. And they're all good. There's nothing wrong with them. There's nothing wrong with any of them, okay? Except for the fact that not everybody's the same. Not everybody has had the same past. Is everybody with me? Not everybody has been hurt the same way. Does that make sense to y'all? You know, not everybody has the same upbringing. Not everybody has been impacted the same. And the only person I know that knows how to impact this person or give me the ability to reach the person in my family or my neighborhood or wherever is Jesus Christ. And he will lead me. And he will guide me. And here's the major struggle I have. I'm impatient. I'm glad none of you are. That was a joke. But you know what? If we'll pray 
and we'll pray. And if we'll pray. And if we'll do what we can to connect with that person, God Almighty will give us the, ris- the wisdom and the right sign and the right timing. And it will come. The problem is it may be years. I don't like that. I don't mind a month. But years. But some people have been hurt so bad they want nothing to do with Jesus. Some people have been hurt so bad and traumatized in life they're not ready for that kind of thing. Are you with me? But if we will allow Jesus to make us fishers of men, we can and will have the ability to connect and reach the people around us with the love and the grace that they need to be able to come from where they are to where God created them to be. I'm going to ask the kids to sing that first song again. It's a happening song. Come on up. But here's what I want us to think about. Are we in the spiritual position to be fishers of men? Are our lives given to Jesus Christ? You see, we're not here to push Jesus. Or push it on somebody. Or kind of force or guilt somebody. Oh, you know, if you don't give your life to Jesus, you're going to go to hell. Just what I wanted to hear. No. We're here to lead every person in our world. Lead every person in our world to him. And what we want is for them to see a fruitfulness, a juiciness, a sweetness. Oh, yeah, like an apple on a hot day. So that when they get to the bottom, there's some seeds. So that those seeds can be planted. So that Jesus... can begin to develop in their minds and their hearts and their lives. Listen to this. There is no easy methodology. There is no simple plan or 10 easy steps to lead somebody to Jesus. It's really about you and him and you and him and you being obedient to him. And he will lead you 
He will guide you and he will make you a fisher of men. Let's stand.